Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive, 365 days a year, and six different takes to get this right. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. And I'm Sean. Whoa. Hey. This is a voice we haven't had before, but who uh, has a beautiful scoreboard behind his head. Yeah, it's, time's a little off. I forgot to set it ahead for uh, daylight savings, but uh, yeah, that's it's uh, got the right colors and the right team name. It's it, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're from Wisconsin, you got to have that. So, and I, I, I want to correct you, Tom. This is not a voice you heard on our main feed before, but he has been in a Patreon episode before, so listeners may have heard him. That is right. We did the Mandalorian, Anthony and. Um, Jerry and a friend of Anthony's. We all did the yep, Patreon. Lauren. Yep. Lauren. Mm. You had me believing you until you said Anthony had a friend. <laughs> Sean, remind me, where in Wisconsin are you from? Uh, I'm in Midwest Wisconsin, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So I'm about an hour and a half east. You are of not. Cities. That's where all my family is. Yep. I think we discussed we this, talked on about this one time. Yeah. We did. We did. We, we discussed this. That's what, what made me think of Eau Claire. Or when you said Wisconsin. Yeah. Yep. I'm uh, hoping to get a trip up here soon. Um, well, you have to let me know when you do. We'll have to meet up. Absolutely. We're going to go um, do a delayed COVID, a COVID delayed funeral for my dad. So. Yeah, I got a COVID delayed funeral coming up too for my wife's grandmother. So uh, I'm in your boat with that. Yep. My All son right. has always wanted to live in Wisconsin. It's like he stuck his finger on a map and he was like, there, that's where I want to live. And it's Wisconsin. Who? Ethan. Oh. Ethan has always wanted to live in Wisconsin. I'm like, okay. why? And he's like, I don't know. It just seems like it'd be a great place to live. I'm like, it's supposed to be gorgeous. And it There's is, seasons right? seasons up here. There's seasons yeah, up here. You get all seasons. four seasons. Yeah, the, the trees in the, in the fall are beautiful, especially up in northern Wisconsin. Yeah, in Manaqua area. I mean, I need to take a trip up there and just look at the lights up there. You get snow here. We had snow at Christmas. It was very tight getting it for Christmas, but we had it. So, but then you got <laughs> the spring and then you got the hot summers. So, I mean, I mean, probably our hot summers for you, Julie and Tom are probably like spring for you weather. Yes. Delightful. I love, we used They're to delightful. go every, we used to go to get a reprieve from Houston summers every year to Wisconsin. And it was always in Houston summers last half the year. That's what's really awful. Yeah, so we're dying up here of heat exhaustion. You guys are like, ah, oh, this feels so good. <laughs> I need to grab a coat. <laughs> <laughs> so re- remind listeners where uh, 
um what you what podcast you host sean i host the christmas podcast podcasts and no i'm not repeating myself uh i host a <laughs> podcast that talks about all the christmas podcasts including tis the podcast here uh i get people up to date on latest episodes that uh we feature on christmaspodcast.com on things that dropped we are looking always looking for new and exciting podcasts so uh, anybody that has that can go to christmaspodcast.com and let me know through there and um, they can find every single episode that has been dropped by tis the podcast and our other podcasts like uh, jerry's totally rad christmas total christmas podcast um weird christmas podcast all the like you got you'll tell tv and all them and uh, you can get up to date and find out. We, we just basically link to your guys' sites so you guys can get your your listens and everything like that. That's awesome. One, one site to rule them all. It's something like that, yes. Like a one-stop shop for Christmas podcasts. That's, right. that's, that's what we try to do. Just try to make it easy for people to find the, the Christmas content they want to listen to, especially with podcasts. So, Awesome. I love that. I mean, anything that keeps the Christmas spirit alive all year, right? Just facilitating that. And you have so much to draw from now. Oh, yeah. There's so much good Christmas content. There's so much. We're going to try to be getting some more here soon. I just been taking a hiatus because just starting up in August and then going through this Christmas season, everything came in. It's like, okay, my mind is like mush now. So I just (laughs) do also because there's not as much content being dropped. So I would probably have like a three minute podcast if, if I didn't do that. And I try to keep it about half hour or under. So. Well, you need to get it. You need to get it going again because Ron Hogan from the film strip podcast and I starting a podcast that talks about podcasts that talk about Christmas podcasts. And so far you're the only one. So if you're not in business, we can't be in business. We're going to see how yeah, meta I, we can go. I, I'm, I'm still <laughs> dropping episodes, just not every week. Like I used to, they little more spanned out yep. like every other week or every three weeks or whatever. We get it. Every week is a <laughs> can be difficult. Can be burn you out. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm sure you guys know that. So, yep. Do there's usually ever. there's usually one or two or three weeks per year where like, eh, drop an old Patreon episode and let's take a break. <laughs> yeah, and and to tell you the truth, that for me that is fun. That's one of the neat things is that oh you get a, a Patreon episode that you haven't heard so they're kind of neat just to kind of break things up um, that you guys, my little history with you guys too, is when I first started listening to Christmas podcasts, obviously Tim Babb was the first one that I listened to and I liked, enjoyed him so much. Actually uh, the my Merry Christmas podcast was the first one I actually really listened to. Tim was like the second one. Pardon me. And then um, it just snowballed from there. And to tell you the truth, I don't, honestly know how I came across you guys and I just listened to you guys and yeah there's a lot of movie review podcasts out there and it's almost like an inundation but you guys have the chemistry of uh, that just makes it interesting to listen to even if you're covering a movie I don't necessarily like that you guys like or vice versa that I like a movie and you guys don't like it's still fun listening to you guys banter about it. And nine times out of 10, one of you three agree with me. <laughs> so, well, we do try. <laughs> which begs the question, who Uh-oh. agrees with you the most? What? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I, 
I'm not going to ask Julia's hated question because I already asked you that on Patreon. So we already know the answer. Yeah. The, the the one that's being the funniest of that day. That's the one. There you go. Okay. Hey, I have a, I, I'm in the running for this one. <laughs> You're always in the running, Tom. Although the answer, well, well, everybody else who comes and joins us, it's always, Ju, it always is Julia. And I just, you know, I just but look Julia's at Anthony. Julia's so lovable. I know she is. I just look in my, I just look in the thing. And I think when I look at Anthony on the screen, I just think he'll be crying his eyes out on his giant pillow tonight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what makes it fun is you, you're in Anthony's uh, love, hate air quotes. You know, obviously that works for um, audio podcasts, but the, the love, hate relationship you two have, it, it, it's so fun to listen to. And the way you guys, you guys are like brothers. Who just irritate each other but yet would kill for each other mm-hmm. and that's what makes it fun and then you got julie in there just to kind of either poke the bear or sit back and laugh or just probably I face feel- calm herself julia's the <laughs> exasperated <laughs> sister who ended up with two brothers that annoy her all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> all, I wanted, all i wanted was a baby sister <laughs> <laughs> so, no, i've enjoyed you guys Ever Thanks. since you guys have come on, so. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. So, how was everybody's week? Had a good Larry- week. What? Not Larry- as good as you. Larry- Not as good as you, though. Cool. I mean, I don't have a puppy that's stealing the show, so. Larry had a big week, right, Anthony? Week. Larry graduated kindergarten tonight. Oh. Nice. They play the graduation theme. They play the graduation theme and everything. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Make him pose for a picture with his certificate and they give him a toy and everything. Oh, did he do good in doggy school? Puppy school? He did. Good. He doesn't yep. have to repeat? He does not have to repeat. That's Woo-hoo. good. That's good. Did you treat him to like with... a little puppy chino or something? <laughs> I did not. I should though. They, uh, she said he'd make a good uh, therapy dog one day if he like continued like she really liked him. He was a bit of a teacher's pet. So oh, literally, not literally, but literally. <laughs> yes, yes. Besides that, week was good. I talked to Ron Hogan and Jay Skipworth last night for a Patreon episode that's now live. By the time you're listening to this, we discussed Godzilla versus Kong, which was a lot of fun. I mean, those mm-hmm. guys are awesome in general. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of their backlog of Filmster podcasts and mm-hmm. that helps me get through the day at work. I finished, finally had time to finish the new Brandon Sanderson Stormlight Archive book, Rhythm of War. And I have never had a moment when I've been reading where I was brought so close to tears as I was with part of this book that I have nobody in the world to talk to about it. You've never cried while reading a book before? Not really. Really? Have you? Oh, like most books make me cry. Yeah, me too. Like most books. Like I cry in every single Harry Potter book. I definitely cried the last few Harry Potter books. I I mean, I got, I felt like it, but there was, there was just this moment of emotion that was more so that if you read the books, you would understand. I've read and, books that make me cry. I already understand that. <laughs> no, but I mean, like how much, how much deeper this, this is. Like, there's just this, 
broken human condition that like I I I don't want to say anything in case anybody's planning on reading it, but it is Brandon Sanderson's Starlight Archives is the single greatest like it's the magnus opum of fantasy literature. Uh, and then uh, been dealing with uh, some not so happy feelings and uh, tried out some retail therapy for it. So we'll see how much trouble I'm in next week when my new fountain pens and keyboard get here. Ooh, uh, you're still on the fountain pen kick. Yeah, I bought a new fountain pen. I got a, uh, I got a home server set up uh, and then I got a fun new mechanical keyboard. That's awesome. That'll you want to see what I got, Tom? You'll appreciate this. The Batman 66 Omnibus. Ooh. Look how huge this is. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to dive into this. Is it like a history of Batman or is it like a whole bunch of comic books in one bound book? It is a few years ago. They did, they continued the 66 show via comic books. And uh, mm. it's the whole run in a big bound book. And they introduced a bunch of villains that were never on the show and gave them the campy spin, like Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy and all of Batman's nice. other villains. So I can't read, wait to read it. That's exciting. Yeah. Ooh, that's a fancy keyboard, Tom. It's cray cray. So I'm getting into the world of mechanical keyboards where you can like change out the uh, all sorts of components on it. To make the clicky noises sound different you can put different keycaps on i'm nerding out on a whole new level julia you know what that means for us right what <laughs> when he figures out how the, how the keys he can make all the keys sound different we'll be talking and he'll be like can you guys hear that can oh you guys yeah that's, hear that? right. that's what'll happen yeah. <laughs> uh no audio hijack has a d click so and it works with mechanical keyboards it, it'll it'll uh Mute out keyboard clicks. You're good. <laughs> how about you, Sean? How was your week? Yeah, how was your week, Sean? Uh, it was quite interesting. I took three days vacation off last week to, from one job to work at another because I do work <laughs> at the local radio station here. So while uh, the morning show guy was down at uh, Sandals South Beach Ooh. in Jamaica, I was back here at the, running the show for him back at the station. Uh so while How the rest of us, that? while the rest of us cosplay as radio hosts, you're an actual one. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> mostly I do um, um, sports production. I am behind the scenes, pushing buttons, making commercials run, which is basically what I was doing there. Um, but I have been on the air before. So yeah, I, I do that. So I did that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So while we're up here in Wisconsin, having 50 degree weather with rain, he's down there with 80 and sunny. So Lauren, yeah, I don't like Beaching it. it <laughs> he came back this week and it, it's even colder this week than it was last week and even more. Rain, so. Oh man. Uh, I'm probably the only one on the podcast who's going to say this, but I would trade sandals for Wisconsin fall, spring, any day of the week. <laughs> oh, I'm not really a beach like, person either. I don't really like the whole sun thing. And um, oh. Be, oh, I do like, I do like the be, sun. I'd be afraid of seeing Jan topless. <laughs> what how did this picture get in there oh no <laughs> that's all i ever think about when i hear the word sandals jamaica is the office <laughs> anthony your tattoo is looking shiny oh thank you yeah it's still healing but did didn't it come out didn't it come out great it that did really but cool. when you said thank you you thanked me for saying it looked shiny I mean, it's lotion on it, so it should look shiny. 
and puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets it gets a hose again yeah. <laughs> what is that from silence of the lambs, of the lambs. oh yeah. gosh you keep quoting that it's been years okay but we're not here to talk about um we wait, wait, I, wa- I want to kind of throw a bomb in here for tom uh-oh I kind of want to throw a bomb and discuss something for two minutes or get Tom on his soapbox for two minutes. Oh boy, let's do it. Let me book uh, in. I am not <laughs> saying I agree with this, but did you see what the AP tweeted out earlier today? I'm sure they have a whole big article on it, but this is their blurb from a tweet. Don't use the term mistress for a woman who is in a long-term sexual relationship with and is supported by a man who is married to someone else. Use an alternative like companion, friend, or lover on first reference and wait to have additional details before adjusting your terminology. Discuss, Tom. (laughs) What about concubine? Does that work? (laughs) What prompted them to write about that? Like what? I don't know, but 12.23 p.m. April 13th, they tweeted that out. Actually, it was AP style book. Just wanted to correct that. Oh, so this is now like AP for, you know, news. They're not supposed to call somebody a mistress anymore. So did y'all see the picture I posted on social media today? What Sarah got me? No. It's a, I, so I, kind of mentioned this the other day i think on the last recording with y'all so they hired a gentleman at the hospital she works at who is a professional santa takes his job very seriously you know chris kring uh, you know went to school whatever so of course sarah told him how obsessed i was with christmas co-host a christmas podcast so this guy personalizes and autographs a black and white you know photo of him like kind of like his you know actor's photo of him as santa And he wrote, Dear Anthony, remember, no matter what I bring for Christmas, you got one of your greatest gifts and blessings on 114-2012. Love Santa Claus. And that's the day I married Sarah. And he dated it and signed it and everything. And this guy looks like the real deal and everything. (laughs) He looks really good. I'm looking at it right now. He's really good. So I was happy. She came home with that. And that made my day. You kind of got a cool wife. Kind of got a cool wife. It's on the Tizza podcast Instagram. <gasps> Look at him. He's precious. Right? Oh, he's wonderful. He is a right jolly old elf. That's exactly what he is. Yes, he is. So with the return, with the brief return of Christopher Maloney to Law & Order SVU, mm-hmm. it got us interested in watching SVU again, so we went back to season one. He's not on SVU. He's on his own now. He had, he, he came but back. He came on back. An episode called "The Prodigal Son." They did a crossover. Oh, did he like bridge it up to launch yeah. his? So it made yeah. sense why he was getting his own show. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. No, not really. It doesn't. Um, anyway, it's uh, not a bad. Lot of, a lot of stuff. In the, it was it was awkward though. Like the the chemistry that we're used to with stable pilots and, are always awkward. Always. No, I mean when he came back yep. to SVU. Oh, SVU, I didn't watch that one. Yeah. And their chemistry was just off. But um, there was a lot of humor that was just not, that did not do well and survive on that show. Besides them all looking like babies. Like uh, in the first episode, they talk about a guy being a heat she. 
Yeah, that's not oh. loud. Well, how long has that been on anyway? <laughs> 50 SVU's billion been on years. For, yeah. Law and Order SVU is not that old. Law and Order SVU uh, kicked, off, old. kicked off in 99. Every time yeah. I think of SVU, I think of that uh, because I don't watch it. That, like there are too many of those shows. Like I'll watch, I'm that guy who watches it when I'm sick during the day, like on the couch looking for some daytime TV to watch. And I see all the reruns. But um, I, it always reminds me of that episode of The Office. Remember the Sweeney Todd episode where Michael tried out yes. with the whole Law and Order S- episode? Bum, bum. Looks like somebody strangled. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so funny. Did you say it's not that old? It's been on since 99. I yes, 22 years. I know yeah. I'm trying not to make myself feel bad. Yeah, that's the they age rat. Like, they all look like babies on, on the old episodes. So everybody should go watch season one, episode one. Well, if you want to feel really old, we are as far from 1980 as World War II is. Like in other opposite directions. No, I could still make you all feel young. So I bet you I got you all by at least 10 years or better. <laughs> That's not true. How old do you I think I am? That. I mean, 40. early 40s. Try almost 50. I'll be. Are you serious? I'll be 40. You look, this year. You look great. Done. Nicely done. Gray doesn't give it away. My husband's yeah. gray. Look at this. He's not in his 40s yet. So well, I got, a gray I got is not a marker of age to me. Oh, look at this. I mean, if this all came in, this would be all pretty much white. My, yeah. my, as a random note that has absolutely nothing to add to this, my great grandfather uh, was completely white by the time he was 22. I mean, look at Steve Martin. He's been white since like 20. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. f- funny age related story, though, and a little tease for Patreon. We were talking about. In the Godzilla versus Kong episode, me, Ron, and Jay, our histories of Godzilla and Kong. And, you know, they were talking about, you know, the original rubber suit ones and everything. And I was like, yeah, so I'm going to age myself a little bit and say the first Godzilla movie I ever saw was that awful Matthew Broderick one in theaters <laughs> with the... <laughs> oh, little baby where, Anthony. Where Hank Azaria is being chased in a cab by that really bad CGI guys. <laughs> those those oh rubber soup King Kongs always gave me nightmares as a kid. I always always had nightmares of King Kong coming to get me when I was. And that was those you look back at it now and go, how is that realistic? <laughs> right. It gave me nightmares. <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, I have never seen a Godzilla or a King Kong movie. The, new, the newer ones are good. They don't interest me. Do you remember, Tom, though, the rest of development when they built the mini town on the horizon? I do. <laughs> and somebody was in, like, the Godzilla outfit. And then, who was it? George Michael in the spaceman George. suit? Mm-hmm. But it was, like, the perspective. It looked like they were giant kaiju, like, destroying the town. It was hilarious. It was. But that's not why we're here tonight. No, I know. Uh, not tonight. What's that sad face for? Well, don't that you for make that Anthony? sad face? Are we? Are you? Uh, well, we'll get into histories in a bit. We'll get into histories. Oh, I, I can't even with you tonight. He has to be trolling. I think he is. If not, we may have to just uh, hit that mute a few times. I didn't make him co-host tonight, so I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, like I have the power. 
<laughs> Tonight, we are covering the 1994 Christmas classic of Flintstones Christmas Carol. Um, I'm going to go on and do a plot synopsis, and then we'll break down uh, the show. Our favorite bedrock family tells the story of the Christmas Carol. That works. I do, have a, I do have a question before we get started, even with histories or anything. Or maybe it's a good way to kickstart histories, but it's a question for Sean, and maybe you can go into your histories from there if Tom doesn't mind. So when we did The Mandalorian, Sean, and I said, we need to get you on the main show, and I read off like the list of upcoming episodes we had, you picked the Flintstones over a lot of other stuff, options mm -hmm. I gave you. Why? I've always loved the Flintstones and actually I've um, the very first one that was actually part of their, their series run where, where Fred is gets a second job at the mall, at the mall or whatever they mm -hmm. have back then and becomes Santa there. And then um, the two elves come and grab him and take him up North. That's the first Christmas one I remember of the Flintstones. Um, so, I mean, I've always loved the Flintstones. I've always loved them. And then, the Christmas Carol. I've always loved the Christmas Carol introduced with Mickey's. So I've owned this for pretty much almost since it came out on DVD. And I don't ever remember it on television or I think it came out on television, but I don't mm -hmm. remember it there, but I've had it since my kids were really young. Um, so we, I've watched it every year, watched it with them. So yeah, it, it just brings back memories and it just, I've always loved the Flintstones, so it's like, yeah, I got to jump on this one. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's a nice history. I love it when you can tie it. I'm, I, I'm at the, the age with my daughter now, as you know from the podcast, that we're starting to make those memories and get those things that we'll be watching for the rest of her childhood, and it's just... I'm starting to do that now, too, with my Ellie, my granddaughter, Ellie. Your granddaughter's Ellie? Yep. How old is Ellie? Aww. She is two and a half. Aww. So. Although it makes me feel old that you're only eight years older than me and a grandpa. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, my, my son is is 25, turned 25 this year. Yeah, 25 this year. So, yeah, I, I, I started out young. Wait till, we get to, wait till we get to the age jokes when I'm still raising like my kids and you're like a grandpa. You two are like grandparents, first time yeah. grandparents. Christine and I celebrated my mom's 40th birthday with her. So that makes me feel also like I'm a little behind and I'm a couple years older than Ellie's birth grandmother. So anyway, um, Julia, what is your history with Flintstones slash Flintstones, a Christmas carol? Um, okay, so I, I really don't remember this at all. Um, you know, you'll watch some stuff that you watched when you were a kid and you'll vaguely like have an idea that you'd seen it before. I didn't even have an idea that I'd seen this before. Um, we've talked before about I am more of a Jetsons girl mm -hmm. than I am a Flintstones girl. Um, so while I don't mind the Flintstones, it's definitely not my favorite. I prefer, I prefer a George Jetson to a Fred Flintstone personally. Um, but the Flintstones have a lot of supporting characters that I've always really liked, obviously like Dino. I really love Barney. And so like, I can watch the Flintstones. Um, I 
I really liked this special, <laughs> like a lot, like adding it Yay. to my Christmas canon. I liked it. So that was very, very nice that I enjoyed it. Not that I don't have some issues, but I imagine there are probably issues most people have with this special. There's a lot of puking in this special. The retching sound was too much. We could have alluded it's a to lot it a retching, a right? lot of retching, right? Yeah. I mean, like they committed <laughs> and they went with it and that's oh. a lot of retching. So I'm like, I'm like, I don't need to hear, you know, <laughs> I don't need to hear what happened in the wrong apartment that Anthony walked into. I'm good to just imagine. Oh, no. <laughs> Anthony, your history with this movie. <laughs> oh, Tom. <laughs> hey, you shared it. You opened that door. Uh, you invited, you invited that vampire in. <laughs> we told you not to. We told you not Freeze, to. Tom. Freeze, it's not Tom. on the main podcast. It's on Patreon. You released it on the main podcast. Yeah, it's out there now, dude. Hmm. I don't remember that. You're like, does that right? I think that might be right. I um. So we went. We did. We covered the Funstones Christmas, obviously. So I was always more of a. I liked the Funstones and Jetsons both. I liked when they crossed over you know they were the same family just set in different time periods or the same period still up for debate those uh, are some interesting fan theories i i've always always liked those fan theories about that it just gets you thinking so not yeah. that i agree one way or another but it, that was always interest me so yep so i remember the special when it aired on tv i remember watching this more than a few times growing up so when I sat down to watch it for this recording today, I thought I knew what I was getting into watching it. I didn't, I did not. <laughs> I, I thought it was something different. I like in my memory, I thought it was more of a, you know, actual Fred himself is visited by the ghost. You know, it's spin on the Christmas Carol rather than putting them putting on the play. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not a fan, y'all. Really? I'm not a fan. They should have either, in my opinion, done the Mickey's Christmas Carol route and done just a straight Christmas Carol, like the like just with Flintstones characters, or focused more less on the play and more on you know done the Christmas Carol with Fred being visited by the ghosts. This, this mix and match didn't work for me. Like they kept interrupting the Christmas Carol straight story with. Uh, I, I'm not a fan. It, it's no Mickey's Christmas Carol. Did you ever watch Magoo's or did you guys ever cover Magoo's Christmas Carol? Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol? Julia and I were on Advent Calendar House uh -huh. discussing that... that with Mike Westfall. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what I like. This, this actually almost is like paying an homage to that with a little bit more because instead of like the beginning and the end being the character off, it, you get inserts in the middle of it and that's what i liked about it is it, it adds a little more than magoo's christmas carol to it versus that when you see magoo as scrooge so you got fred in there but it also shows fred uh taking the role so seriously he's become scrooge himself that's what i like about that and then the, his, whole, that was... his whole growth through the whole thing yep i like that too uh, I did too. So I remembered this episode and when we started it, it is exactly what I thought I was getting into. It was 100% everything I remembered. 
and knew that I loved and uh, I love it. Um, I don't feel like I have to choose between being a Jetsons girl or a Flintstones girl. Um, <laughs> I like them both. Um, I really enjoy, although I do have to admit my love of Flintstones is probably a little greater because I had the Flintstones vitamins as a kid. And, you know, there was always that I'm a Flintstones kid. kid. Yep. I um, that. Those things are just dead delicious. Never they still are. You've never had uh, one? Nope. You're not I living. Have, I had not living I've, until you've had the sugar filled Flintstones vitamins. I, I still take my adult okay. vitamins in gummy form. Yeah, well, nothing wrong with that. Nope. Whatever nope. works. It, yeah, you know, I get it in uh, one way or another. I get my vitamins, and um, I oh. also... go ahead, Anthony. I was just gonna say I like it. I'm a fan of this. Uh, I do like the fact that they did something different, and as opposed to Fred needing, you know, this. The thing I like about it is instead of Fred needing the external ghosts scare him into being good he just has some he, he gets what we as a reader should get from dickens classic we should just take this and be like you know there's something to learn here and uh fred does a great job with that and i feel like it gives it brings a different level of hope than a traditional christmas story where the ghosts actually have to be involved well i, mean, I, I know that we have Sorry. I know. I thought, no, it's just real quick. I know that we're going to run through the cast in a second. All I'm going to say, and we can put a pin on it, and we can revisit what I mean in a few minutes. Hashtag not my Fred Flintstone. I, I can agree with that. Um, but, I can, um, yeah. Um, oh, brain fart. I hate that. <laughs> oh, the external. Fred does get external, but it's not a supernatural external. That That's what I mean. Sorry, that's what it's I mean. He the, doesn't not the supernatural external. It, it, it's somebody actually physically in his life that he is basically his wife that helps him. Right. Something that you know, if if any of you are married and in situations like I am, where sometimes you just need that proverbial or maybe literal slap in the head from your from your wife. Um, I could I could relate. Yeah, both. I could relate. <laughs> I could relate to what Fred needed and how. Um, Wilma got through to him. Yeah, I and thought I, it was kind of a fresh take on it. I like the I, general. The, the I was general surprised by it. Change. I will just bring up a piece of trivia here that this is the first of two times that the Flintstones delved into a Christmas Carol. The second time in the Fruity Pebbles commercial, which I think Tom brought up during I our did bring up our special. Yep. I thought I brought up when we did the Flintstones. Anyway, I absolutely love the Flintstones commercial from Fruity Pebbles when we were kids. <laughs> also, fun fact that I know I brought it before, Fruity Pebbles are my absolute favorite cereal on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. I prefer Cocoa Pebbles. Too. I can respect yeah, that. Head. Yep. They both make amazing Rice Krispie treats. Never had <laughs> them. they do. What? Anthony, I don't. Weren't you a I, child of the '90s? Yeah, I. Like, how yeah. did you miss these cornerstone '90s things like Fruity Pebbles and Flintstones? My parents yeah. didn't pump me full with artificial sugars. Those artificial. I've never had Count Chocula, Cocoa Puffs, Fruit Loops, Cocoa. Uh, vitamins. Well, I've had 
vitamins, now Flintstone vitamins. Explains um, a lot about Anthony. I see why <laughs> when I when I instead of now when a, we ask the a question, A2, Sean. A2. Yeah. Now when we ask the question, Anthony, who hurt you? We know it was neglect because his parents just didn't love him enough. Ooh. Oh. So Anthony, I would encourage you. I would really like, I mean, I'm not kidding. I think it'd be fun on an episode to go on and capture on video Anthony eating Fruity Pebbles for the first time and talking us through his experience. Maybe I think I'll, that's a delightful idea. That's like a Patreon episode. I, I'll line up those boxes of cereals I never had and have a bowl each and give you my reactions to them as I'm chowing down. Um, and I will try goldfish and M&Ms. Yes, but you have to have them. <sighs> I know. I'll try. When Anthony's done eating all that cereal. He will be joining Tom and Julia in Oklahoma by running there two hours later. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <the truth. laughs> so let's go through cast. The cast here is has some interesting history behind it. The voice that Anthony does not love of Fred Flintstone is Henry Corden. I had no, no problem with the voice. That was not what I meant. Hashtag not my Fred Flintstone. Oh, what did you mean? What did I mean? Okay. Well, no, go through the cast first so that we can kick off the conversation. Okay. Henry Corden had a long history of voicing Fred Flintstone. He was the second voice and the longest running. He voiced Fred Flintstone from 1977 to 2000. Wow. Yeah, right? Like, that's a legit career as yeah. a voice actor. I, I preferably like Alan Reed better. And Alan so Reed I, was the first. Yeah, Brad, he was right? the first. Yep, yep. He was the first and iconic voice, especially in old time radio, which I'm also a huge fan of. He does did so many voices in there. So he's always been Fred Flintstone, even though I was what four when Henry took over as Fred, but um dating myself there. And but I think that's illegal in most states. <laughs> But I mean, so I, I grew up with the Henry, but I prefer Alan and I'm ignoring everything. So. Oh, Anthony's <laughs> just cringing right now. That's all. Cringing at Tom's stupid jokes. Not what you're saying, Sean. No, but it was still, it was not our stupid jokes. It was funny. So Henry had quite an illustrious career. He was Fred in a lot of things. He also had some, some uh, run in the Ten Commandments. King Richard and the Crusaders. He did us. He was on a lot of the um, shows in the '60s that were everywhere, like the Jerry Lee Lewis Show, Dragnet, Get Smart, The Red Skelton Hour, Hogan's Heroes. He did some stuff with Jesse, with Josie and the Pussycats. Um, he did a lot of voice acting in uh, the new Scooby Doo movies, the TV series. Um, was on the Mary Tyler Moore show, did some voices for uh, Yogi's Gang. So did a lot of, did voice work and stuff for Tom and Jerry. He was in The Return of the Planet of the Apes TV series. Um, he, his voice is something we all very much uh, are familiar with, right? Mm -hmm. Most oh, yeah. notably, he's Fred Flintstone, the longest running Fred Flintstone, right? I'm more familiar with someone else on this cast. We've covered well, a few times. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Do y'all have Do y'all have any uh, Henry Corden 
love aside from Fred Flintstone? Nope. I, okay. I can't think of really oh. any anything outside of the Flintstones that I, I really yeah. yeah he sticks out in my mind with. Yeah. Wilma, this Wilma is voiced by Jean Vander Pyle, who we have covered before on our last Flintstones episode. She was also in the real Flintstones, the, the live action Flintstones movie. Uh, she was on the Weird Al show. She died the same year or just a few years after this, this was released. Again, <laughs> I think she's going to be most notably known for her voice acting. She did a lot of stuff on Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, The Secret Squirrel Show. She was on the Flintstones, had a couple of runs on the Flintstones back in the 60s and then came back. Um, she was on the Yogi Bear TV show. So she the Jetsons. has she the was Jetsons. Rosie on the Jetsons. She's Rosie. She was Rosie. Yep. You're absolutely right. Got to get um, that in there for Julia. I mean, come on. I know. I love Rosie. She's part this, of my love for the Jetsons is Rosie. This was, this was the final project that um, Jean Vanderpile um, and Henry Corden did together. So hmm. most of the actors, you know, continued uh, voice actors continued voicing up until the time of their death, um, except for Betty Rubble, who had different voices in the original series and uh, two different people played her in the original. And then since then they've had a different actress in almost every new Flintstones incarnation. Can't nail down a Betty, huh? Nope. They just don't. Betty doesn't work out. Maybe it's like jinx, like the defense against the dark arts position. That's it. <laughs> you're right. I think you're every, right. Every episode we have a new teacher. I like it. <laughs> can i just say i did like that you know they eventually called that out in the harry potter books like it didn't go by like at the end of book three after lupin announced he was leaving the kids were like i wonder if they'll give us a vampire next year like they just anticipated like a new teacher coming on <laughs> next up we have frank welker who played the voice of Barney and Julia's favorite, Dino. Is he my favorite? You said Dino was your favorite. Oh, I interpreted that as he was my favorite Dino voice. And oh, I was no, thinking, no, no. Uh, <laughs> all Dino Dino's, voices are my favorite. Dino's my favorite. Oh, Again, he's got a deep... Frank also has a deep connection with the Hanna-Barbera world. Jeez. Having done, having done, you know, Scooby-Doo, he did yeah, multiple. He is, he's Astro on the Jetsons. He's, you know, been in these shows as well. He was the voice of the Cave of Wonder in the 2019 Aladdin. He is the voice of Ooh. Odin in Guardians of the Galaxy TV show. He is uh, the voice of George in the Curious George cartoon that's been long running just about uh, any kind of animal you can have in animation, pretty much he does the voice for been on anim <laughs> the new animaniacs scooby-doo where are you uh, been on robot so he's chicken. Bubble puppy? 
been on Robot Chicken. He was on Futurama, did the voice of Nibbler. Futurama has some pretty good Christmas episodes, honestly. Uh, We need to get those on for next year because they are absolutely amazing. He was a voice in uh, Frank and Weedy. I mean, the guy's just done an unbelievable amount of stuff. Been in the Transformer world, been in Garfield. It's like Sean said, he's pretty much done every animated animal out there except for notably Snoopy and Woodstock. Bill Menendez is the only one who's ever voiced him. Frank Frank Welker is like the jack of all trades, master of none when it comes to voicing. I mean, like I said, he did Megatron like in in Transformers, like like Tom was saying, and Scooby Doo, Fred Jones. He's Fred Jones. I mean, I mean, come on, he does it all. He does it all, and the guy is phenomenal. And Mm -hmm. he's worked with. I mean, he's worked with the biggest names in the the voice acting business. So. He is referred to in Hollywood as a voice god. That's sacrilegious. He's got um, 863 credits on IMDb. So, I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> um, and I mean, he's done big things like Dumbo and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Just everything. The guy's, the guy's a genius. Let's continue with our cast here. After Frank Welker, we have BJ Ward. After she's him. What exactly is it that she said, Anthony? Please explain it. Explain it to our audience. I don't think our audience needs to be pandered to and having to explain it to them. I trust their intelligence. I don't think you can explain it because we have a family rating on Apple Podcasts. Exactly, Tom. Don't try to get me to break that rating. So this BJ Ward was the voice of Betty Rubble. Again, primarily a voice actress. 219 credits to her name um, from things like Scooby-Doo, The Pagemaster, G.I. Joe, Curious George, The Grim Adventures of Bill and Mandy. She had a, and then she's done some stuff in real life too. She's been on things like uh, Gilmore Girls as a, an ER and just done a lot. Again, primarily doing voice work. Um, Woody Woodpecker show. <laughs> Voltron, Batman Beyond. She Did she have a main role on Batman Beyond? Does it say? No. She was a singer. I remember that time they went to a nightclub and saw that score. Do you remember the time? Anyway. Um, so she was on the Super Dave show, including the uh, Christmas episode. I don't know if y'all remember Super Dave. I do. I liked it. And Alvin I and the never Chipmunks. watched it, but I remember of it. Yeah. Adam and the Alvin, Adam, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Little Rascals, The Incredible Hulk, Spider Man, Space Stars. She's just done a lot. And this is where I say I praise the three of us for being nearly five years into this podcast, and we have not yet covered that Alvin and the Chipmunks special, the famous Christmas one where they sung that song. Christmas time is here. Time for chocolate. Yep. What do you get? What are you guys waiting for then? That's a it's a classic TV show. The classic. Anthony hates it. I don't hate it. I like it better than this. I like this better than you. I I said I said that just to be contrary. I don't remember it. I can't honestly say if I like it better than this. 
but I'll, uh, I, I covered it. We, I talked with Mike Westfall. We recorded uh, just recently the covering Alvin and the Chipmunks that should be coming out in July. So, oh, excellent! Yeah, and that, that's and, exciting. And I get so many names in my head. I'm, I'm bad with names, so I can't remember who who we were with. But uh, that was a good time recording with those guys and just going through Alvin and the Chipmunks and just just the animation from back then to now. So it was mm-hmm. fun. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear that. I love Mike's show in general. Yeah, Mike's got a great show. Yeah. Mike's a good guy. He's an he's an awesome guy. Next up, we have the voice of Pebbles, who doesn't do a whole lot, is um, Rusty Taylor. She doesn't do a whole lot. She gets the line of that special. I didn't love that part as much. Um, but this is not my favorite Rusty Taylor at all. My favorite Rusty Taylor is she is the voice of Martin Prince on, and Sherry and Terry on The Simpsons. <laughs> Are Sherry and Terry the two smoker? No, that's Marge's... Patty and Selma. Sherry oh. and Terry are the two twin little kids that go to school with Bart and Lisa. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. She's the recent but voice of Minnie Mouse, too. She mm-hmm. is. She's the new Minnie, and everything just disappeared on her for some reason. <laughs> uh, do you know that the guy who plays the new Mickey, and this just came up in my feed the other day, is um, the guy from The Office who Pam almost cheated on Jim with, the camera guy, the boom mic guy. We covered him. No, on a, I didn't know that. A, a Christmas Story Live. He was the father at A Christmas Story Live. He's the voice of Mickey in those new cartoons Disney puts out. Oh, that's funny. Well, the kind of she, oddly edgy animated ones. The ones that look kind of old school because they like yeah. give it that old school style. Yeah, he's the voice of Mickey in those. Interesting. Chris, uh, he has that very Greek last name. But yeah, that's him. She is also the voice, she's a recurring voice of a few people on Sophia the First, which I have seen far too many times. She's hmm. a voice on the Lion Guard. And like we said, she did uh, on some of the new DuckTales stuff. She's Huey, Dewey, and Louie. So. Do you guys remember Birdie from McDonald's? That little yellow bird looks, says here she's the voice of Birdie on McDonald Land. I don't know that one. I've never seen that either. I just I don't know Donald Land either. I've never seen that either. Hmm. Oh, she was. Yeah. You guys covered Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, correct? She was mm-hmm. on. She was on that. It, yep. Yep. She was Minnie, Huey, Dewey, and Louie on that one too. Yep. So, moving on past her, we have Tiny Tim. Bam Bam is Don Messick who we, we covered him, right? Yep. I thought we did. Yeah, I think we did. On Garfield, if I'm not mistaken, didn't we? Am I crazy? He's been all over too. He's another one. He has. He's, I mean, he's done a lot of things with like the. Especially in the Hanna-Barbera land, he is huge. He he's he's done Muttley, which is one of my favorite. Him and Droopy are two of my favorite classic cartoons, uh, and he's voiced them. So, oh Droopy! I'll tell you in, what, we did cover him in. We covered him in Rudolph's Shiny New Year. There we go. That was it. I knew we covered him. Okay, thank you. So we won't go through all of that. Papa, and, and spoiler alert: we're covering him in another 
ranking bass special in a few weeks, which also has Angela Lansbury in it. The first Christmas, the story of the first Christmas, Christmas snow. snow. The voice of Mr. Slate is Kenosha, Wisconsin native, John Stevenson. Hey. Yeah, so we're, we're bringing it back. He's been in, again, a lot of cartoons. He's been in Scooby-Doo, uh, the Flintstones as a recurring character for decades as Mr. Slate. Uh, he was in uh, the new Yogi Bear show, Yogi's Treasure Hunt. Um, he was in the Jetsons as Commissioner, Flintstone Kids, the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, the uh do y'all remember the- i loved the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo did you remember that one with vincent price as that ghost who helped scooby and shaggy track yep. down all the demons that they let loose from like yeah i think i've only seen that like once or twice so it hasn't really embedded in my memory at all but i do remember them yeah it was just like scooby shaggy daphne and scrappy of all people and uh vincent price was a ghost guide who was guiding them along helping them track down all these real evil ghosts that they accidentally said so it was good oh scrappy scrappy power I do not like we- scrappy no one likes Scrappy. <laughs> that was the most genius part of that crappy live action movie that he was the villain the whole time because he <laughs> is an annoying little spoiler alert. Jerk. Thank you. You're welcome. Did, did, have you guys uh, listened to Jerry's latest that he released uh, this a few days ago? He, they talked. He talked about a Nutcracker Scoob. I was they, on it. That's right. <laughs> I thought that's why that sounded familiar. I forgot. <laughs> I get so many, listen to so many, I forget. You listen to so many podcasts, dude. The only other thing I want to mention for him is he was Cousin It in the old school Adams Family. That's awesome. Which, which, by the way, the whole series is just on sale for under $15 on Voodoo. That was a purchase I snagged. The whole series? Yeah, that old school Adams Family series, yep. Um, And they had a pretty awesome Christmas episode that I forgot all about until I was rewatching it. Put it on 2022. Yep. Julia, was there one other person you wanted to mention? I'll give you the the joy here. There is somebody I want to mention. No, not a big part, but I mean, I want to mention him. So John Rhys Davies plays Charles Brickens, who is the narrator of our play. Um, And John Rhys Davies is Gimli from the Lord of the Rings series. And other ones we've talked about sliders on the show before very briefly but i know president hot dog is also a fan of sliders and i really love that show in the well late 90s early 2000s um he was in that show as well um but i mean i think he's probably most notable outside of lord of the rings i mean let me amend that he's most notable for his actual face not covered by five tons of hair from indiana jones because He's, what's his face? Winnie and Jones. Sala. He does yeah. a lot too. He's got like 12 things in some, in various states of production right now. He also voiced Aladdin's father in the King of Thieves, Thieves movie. Uh, he was the voice of Kasim. He played Santa in a movie called Catching Kringle. Got a few voices key. in that, in that, uh, he also did a, did a couple of voices in that TV series from the 90s, Gargoyles. 
<gasps> I loved that show. I loved Gargoyles, but you'll probably know him more from, you'll probably know him a little better, Anthony, from his stint on Murder, She Wrote. Why? <laughs> oh, I just thought you were, I just thought awful television was your thing now that you're watching Porno <laughs> Island. Murder, or She Wrote is not awful television. Thank oh, you. you. Thank you. And neither is Temptation Island. Oh, sorry, uh, that is horrible. Awful I thought it was television. called, I, I'm still sticking with calling it Porno Island. Um, <laughs> you know what? How dare you bring up Angela Lansbury and Temptation Island in the same breath, Anthony and Thomas. Now that you say that out loud, I feel you should guilt. feel I feel you right now. That's the second time I felt guilt today. You owe her an apology. You owe me an apology. No, I you owe Angela anything. Lansbury an apology for <laughs> I owe you nothing. Applauding you watch... my justification that Murder She Plenty. Wrote is fantastic. And then saying so is Temptation Island. That's some junk. You know what? I'm just saying, like. Uh, while Ever since Temptation I... Island talk, while we're on this Porno Island talk, I do owe one of our listeners an apology for assuming when Anthony was talking about a <laughs> listener who he talked to about Temptation Island. It was not April. April agrees with us that it's trash. And I am sorry for assuming something so egregious, so heinous about your person, April. And I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. You know what? Another one of our beloved listeners used to watch it. And she said she's going to watch up through the new season so she could talk to me about it. And that is what? Miss Charlene Lewis. So I'm excited. Dude, and I would just like talk. to point out, I would like to point out again, listeners, y'all make fun of me, but I'm foregoing Temptation Island every Tuesday night <laughs> to record. In fairness, in fairness, I've had a four-year standing date with Tissa Podcast that I wasn't going to ditch for crappy reality TV show. <laughs> but I'm missing the... Uh, if the if I can go back to John Riz. Today, so. Nobody feels sorry for you. Um, I just want to say this was written by Glenn Leopold, who is of Hanna-Barbera fame as a story editor, writer, character creator, and show developer. Uh, he also... Um, was one of the creators of Sabrina, the animated series, and um, made the movie the, the Town Santa Forgot in, from 1993. But more importantly, we will probably remember him as Clockwork Smurf from the Smurfs. Can I go back to John Rizwerk real quick? I would love it and, if you did. And have you guys ever heard him reciting Luke 2? No. no, Luke chapter two. He's got the Mormon Tabernacle Choir behind him, and he recites all of Luke two, and it's just goosebumps like crazy. Really, Luke two is one of my favorite verses from the Bible, uh, especially with the Christmas story. And when he does the King James version, he reads the King James version. Well, recites it, and you can look it up on YouTube too, and, and get it. And it's just it, it's a phenomenal read. I just I love his voice and how he emotes and the inflections and just how he puts emotion and stuff behind everything he does including that reading so just another tie back to christmas for john reese davies i would like to while we're on john reese davies mention he was also in aquaman he was the brine king he, he's a giant lobster looking one of one of the seven kingdoms under the sea because of course he would be of course he would be of course he would be 
Well, he's uh, great at any kind of medieval king or knight or whatever kind of medieval dwarf. Person. He's good at those, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so I can I go back to why I said not my Santa for Fred, not my Fred Flintstone. Please do. Sorry, Tom, okay. Take over. So, for so Fred. So Fred Flintstone to me has always been. I bought the whole. He got really into this play that he's turned into a jerk about it, like on the star. I bought all that, but. Fred Flintstone to me was never a crappy father. So when he got so into it, he forgot to drop Pebbles off of daycare and then forgot to pick her out from daycare. That didn't ring true to me. That really bothered me because that's not the Fred Flintstone I know or love. Like, yeah, he had a lot of flaws in the show, but being a crappy father was never one of them. Even when, him and Wil- even when him and Wilma fought, all the- he was never, I, there was never any like, and I'm not saying it's crappy. I told the story how about how, how my father-in-law left my brother-in-law at the gas station or Canadian Tire for like an hour before realizing it when they were kids. But at the same, I don't time, know. That's just was, not Fred Flintstone to me. That's not Fred. He at the same time, too, he girl. was so into this part of playing this part. He got himself fully in, thinking he's going to be this huge star, and just getting so starstruck with getting himself huge, he forgot. He forgot his wife. He forgot his friends. He forgot everybody, including. Mm-hmm. So that's that. It, it makes the story become even more better at the end. We've all yeah. done it. There's some good English for you. More better. I will say too. Uh, TV guide. TV guide sums up. They they worded it better than I did. They um in terms of what I was trying to say earlier. They wrote. They gave it two stars and this aired saying the story within the story is challenged by the continual cutting away to backstage incidents that turn the careful momentum of Dickens' narrative into jagged stops and starts. And then they added, and I like this because this one's for you, Tom, how can these prehistoric folk be celebrating the birth of a messiah not due for several millennia? <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. That hit, that hit me in this. Also, you know, we've got a fourth century bishop being portrayed millennia before he he's he's born um but you know it's we don't know we don't know about the universe and how it worked maybe they if it could be the jetsons universe the future somebody brought them the holy scriptures back in time and they're anticipating what they know is i don't know all i'll say too for the celebration of the coming of christ was happened before then too so i mean that whole thing comes before but like Tom said, the, the for Santa Claus, that was a bishop that came after. So yeah, that that part I that kind of seems a little off with all this too. But it's for I'll, it's the Flintstones. It, it you forego all the common knowledge and you just enjoy it. Besides the besides the fact that that right there adds fuel to the fire. This takes place in the Jetsons timeline in the future, and this is like a post apocalyptic apocalyptic landscape. Something else that supported that theory in this episode. To, I wish I saw I could see a version of the Chris, a Christmas Carol on stage with such good ghost special effects. Yeah, I, that watching was, that, I was thinking that too. It was like, you what could, the heck are they getting these people who go through stone walls? <laughs> I mean, I I don't know what kind of theatrical productions y'all go to, but they all become translucent where I where I go. <laughs> 
No, that was a little can, over can, the top. Can, but, can you but, share whatever you have, Tom? Please share with the rest of us. I got some from Anthony. He's the he's my guy. Okay. No. Uh, so we open up, and Fred is immersed in becoming Scrooge to the point that he is woefully negligent of those around him, uh, walking around his house completely oblivious to the struggles that. Wilma is having because of the bedrock bug, which is a trope we see time and time again, where they just take words and make them sound old. Like uh, they, instead of um, Broadway, it was, what did they keep calling it? Broadway. They, they, they put more of the prehistoric terms. To yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like stone or. Uh, what was it? Hold on. Rockway. It's not Rockway, is it? Um, Viva Rock about. Vegas. Yeah, that, that's one of them. Oh, that was a terrible was, movie, by the way. He was Ebonezer. Ebonezer. Yep. yep. Um, and it wasn't Cratchit, Marbly. it was Crackit. <laughs> no, I, I do like, Marbly. I did always like that yeah, about Marbly. the Flintstones. What I didn't like is the constant animal abuse, how they were forcing that woolly mammoth not to breathe and then finally letting it, letting it blow its air on stage like wind. That was awful. <laughs> Prehistoric PETA should have had words to say about that. Was Pete even a thought back in those days, though? It probably would have been some bedrock term for PETA. <laughs> People for the ethical treatment of dinosaurs? I don't know. Petted. Petrid. Petted. <laughs> <laughs> but the... Uh, what did they keep calling Broadway? Anyway. So, but they keep doing, you know, there's always stuff like that. Everything that they do has some sort of name change. When he's paying, he's paying with his Jurassic, was it mm. uh, Jurassic Ju Express? Yes, it was something it, like it, that, yeah. It was Jurassic Express and uh, that he also bought Pebble, a pig, and called it Jur Jurassic Pork. Jurassic name of the toy. What they end up buying at the end is a turkey saurus. Um, so there how are the other? How is the pet dinosaur that lives in their house perfectly fine with the gigantic cooked dinosaur that they just provided for dinner? How did he become He's more sentient? Like, they can't get him to not run and attack and and lick Fred, but he can. He and he, and he's usually a quadruped. But for this play, he becomes a bipedal and is okay wearing a, mask, a, a, a sheet okay. and performing the, the role of Ghost of Christmas Future. But uh, That's called again, evolution. Going from, from, so we watched, we watched it happen before our very eyes. So yeah. uh, Fred ends up being, he's told by, he messes up his coat that he's wearing and has Wilma fix it. We see the awesome uh, job that dinosaurs do replacing modern conveniences like some sort of uh, avian creature is a sewing machine um, also an avian creature has the job of pinning pebbles diaper and says hey everybody's got to work i'm just thinking <laughs> that's a really crappy job to have <laughs> so fred leaves and he goes to work and he's completely overlooking everybody around him he smacks a guy with a locker he steps on barney's toe and um, while we're here, we see that he is dismissive of everybody around him because he's the star, including well, even Mr. at even late. <laughs> so he's well, even at home. 
with Wilma. Even at home, not just Wilma, he he takes out his anger on Dino more than usual. He drops Pebble off at daycare late without even saying goodbye or kissing her goodbye, which made me feel sad for Pebble. She's dashed when that happens. My daughter will never let that happen. Anytime I leave my office during the day, if I have to go down to a bathroom break or get a drink, when I go back, Ellie's always like, wait, dad, hug and kiss. And then she reminds me of what we tell her like if she's hurt or something and was like oh you can always tell us they're always time for cuddles she's like daddy there are always time for cuddles just stop oh i know so she's not a, my daughter is not nearly as as timid as as pebbles so, so i do have... right instantly right there of course you got to stop and cuddle then oh it does like all of my team knows if i have a call like if i when i back to back to back calls there's a good chance that one of my calls is going to be five minutes late because i do a bio break get a drink and spend time with my daughter like it's just Everybody knows it, so. Um, so I, yeah, I do. I can't I do say no to her, because as Sean and Julia, um, I'm sure will attest, and I'm reminding all parents: these moments we have with them do not last forever. There will come That's a time true. where our children will not want to snuggle with us, and there will come a time where it'd probably be awkward if they did. <laughs> well, but there will there will come a time when. There will come a time when Folgers, when they'll come home and act all flirty with members of the family, like that Folgers sequel Christmas commercial. Dude, that one was inappropriate. That was wrong. That was. You had to go there, Anthony, didn't you? I always. It was there last week too. If Anthony can bring up, if Anthony can bring up things like uh, infidelity or incest, he does. It's just, it's just the Anthony way. Speaking of incest, no, I'm joking. I do have a question for you all, though. Uh, speaking of pebbles, did you do you guys remember? I I know it was they did a few movies. I don't know if they did a short-lived kind of series as well. Do you guys remember though the um, sequel movies where Bam Bam and Pebbles were grown up and the Flintstones yes. and the Rebels were older? I I loved those. I liked seeing uh, that dynamic when the kids were grown up and the parents were older like that. I thought those were really well done. There's the actually a Christmas did... show that's like that too. That where the, the, the focus isn't on Pebbles and Bam Bam. They come in at the end of the of the show. But oh yeah, it's about getting up. them home for Christmas, right? Yep. And yeah, I remember that a cabless, one. A cabless kid. So yeah, we should get that on the list. I I remember really liking that one. They did have an arc too, where they were teenagers, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. Dude, they yeah, they had something where they I like that. Too. Yep. Yeah, um, that's what I liked about the Flintstones, how long running it was. They were able to eventually grow the characters. They didn't just freeze them in time like the Simpsons and South Park. Right. Exactly. Those were never old, never grow. Going, going for 30 years and Bart's still what, in second grade? Yeah, mm-hmm. Bart's still eight. The, um, so that was another one of the things where they, I don't know why they didn't call it daycare. They sent Pebbles to cave care. Cave care. Cave yeah. care, yep. But he drops her off. Is very, uh, you know, very remiss as a father to, to put it back lightly uh very remiss as an employee he haunts his employer who he's usually afraid of which does seem a little out of character but yeah he's now a star and he's haunting uh mr slate who was the equivalent in the jetsons of what's his name mr um, stanley or something like that uh, Cogswell. they made Cogswell. Sprockets and Mr. Mr. Spacely. 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 Where George was always afraid of him. Again, it was the same show, just a different day um, or different location, whichever Mm -hmm. theory you subscribe to. So he is working with Barney 
isn't paying he's worried about his lines not paying attention his dinosaur jump dumps a bunch of snow i don't know why they have dinosaurs that are just picking up snow and moving it from one place to another but i've never worked in a quarry a quarry so maybe that is a common practice um having never he's been a in a he's quarry. a he's a what is what's it called Backhole. yeah he's the guy that clears your pathway from snow so but he's just pulling it out work. of a hole he was just pulling it out of a like hole a Using the dinosaurs like a backhoe is what they're doing. Yeah, but for whatever reason, the backhoe was only moving snow, and it was just putting it from one place to another. It was just very. And then his, his and then this is where we start getting hit with the. Uh, we get a reminder of the bedrock bug, his Fred's dinosaur gets sick. Um, they are Mr. Slate allows them to leave early with pay to show that he's not a Scrooge, but he wanted to be Scrooge. Fred and he goes gets home. Trampled for being nice. Yeah. He does, and he does the, comp, the the the. I don't see it as much anymore in cartoons, but where people run by and you're left, you got that character left spinning. That was a you know a thing for so long. Yeah. Yep. Um, when he leaves, he realizes he's a he's a a terrible husband and father, and hasn't gone shopping. So he goes quickly to do all of his shopping, gets his, to get his presents wrapped, which he gets so immersed in his character that he again. Well, he pays a kid to what to stand in line and buy his stuff for him, and then uh... he doesn't pay. He gives him his his number because his oh that's kid right had like a hundred and some odd or four hundred and thirty two, and then he had eighty five. Right. So. so he's traded up, and the kid is supposed to stand in line for him. Uh, but again, Fred gets caught up and forgets about the gifts. Later, we'll see he has to sneak into the closed mall. Which has no security. I don't know. Again, I don't know no, how it has are. a silent alarm. It does because that's that's how our our police officer who lets him off with a warning when he's speeding because not only is he speeding and running red lights, he's reading his script after he leaves as well. Everybody is is okay with whatever he does though throughout this because he's he's the big actor in the community theater. Um, My question up. is: He runs into all these people off. Camera, I'm in the play. I'm in the play. Okay, well, how Who's, big is Bedrock? Is so that they have this many people in the play and yet have a packed house for yeah. watching it. Yeah, they had a it's line of people huge. out. They had a line of people outside of the community theater buying seats. Um, it's yeah, it's gotta be. Point. It's gotta be a lot bigger town. I'll say this about the play itself. Not to jump ahead spectacular production value not just the effects but i loved the dickens costumes and everything the, with the prehistoric spin i thought they all looked really good as the characters they were supposed to be i like they that did. aspect they did i like how they were again able to bring dickensian era back several millennia um another I thing mean, that is interesting for me is you see they use the dinosaurs for like stairs and stuff like that, how how do they get them to be escalators? I mean, how how do their back fins like travel like that? <laughs> so, I I hadn't thought about it, Sean, but you raise a good point because in like the Middle Bronze Age, we're looking at cities as having like fifty thousand people. Mm -hmm. This is again several millennia later. I don't. I mean, there wouldn't have been people to begin with, so I'm probably over overanalyzing this. But even smaller <laughs> cities, like probably, <laughs> well, we know Nineveh had like twenty five thousand people or something. 
so even a city that large, the chances of everybody you're running into being in the play is probably pretty small. So we might have to chalk this up to fiction. Yeah, well, I remember even when I first watched it, I'm thinking, of how, how you ran into so many people that knew in the play, how can there be anybody left to watch it? But, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to suspend reality and just enjoy the show. Yep, especially with a cartoon like this. Yep. So yeah. Fred shows up and at the playhouse, and Wilma is is hopping mad because he forgot yep. to pick up pebbles, and he's very dismissive of her concerns because he's like, "What? Everything's fine. Barney got her. We're good." But did you notice though? Barney walked out and saw this and went, "Uh-oh!" and went back in and went shut back the door in. like he was going to be But he left the kids. He left the kids to witness everything that was about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, kids were I, kids were tougher back then. Funny. Um, so Wilma unleashes. Fred's like, "No big deal. She's here." And he goes to get ready for the play. He's got this love scene with a with a hottie from work, which is I'm sure that was, was unsettling. Anthony, Anthony loved it. I'm I agree sure with you, did. Julie. It was unsettling. No, what, what was unsettling about it? Like, no, seriously, that's not like sarcasm. Was it just like just he was flirting with his and she, with that secretary type character, and she was all like over the top, juji and. She had the tiny. Was, was she the one with the tiny costume? Betty yes. hung, held yeah. up and like, yeah, yeah <laughs> which was, was a pretty funny joke for a cartoon. Like that was yeah. to jump his bones. So, well, is that, that how Fred is in a regular episode? Yes, like he is he, always very flirty, and they carry that over into the live action movies too. Okay, but I didn't know. you you do have so to remember too. In fairness, it. no, he is not as good at it, and, and you have and to remember. They, they don't reciprocate like this. Right. Most of, you have to remember at the time, this is like a product of a time in the sense that back in the day, you know, men were always flirting with their secretaries at work. And that was like a trope, right? Like right. you see a mad sure. men, which is being sent back in the day. This was but, Slate's secretary that was playing that part. And, right. and they I, actually I made that like. I was they, more yeah, disconcerted that they called it a love scene. They right. Makes, that love that makes yeah. it seem, instead of just being a scene where they're together, I, the love scene, the calling it of a love scene is what really got on my nerves. It implies yeah. something very different than what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. because the first thing I thought when I heard, heard it while I was watching it today was, wait, wait, wait. I don't remember a love scene in Dickens. Exactly. And there's sure <laughs> as heck had better not be a love scene in the Flintstones. The Flintstones, yeah. But they were they they like she was all ready to pucker up and kiss him, and he was going to kiss her at work in front of all of his coworkers. Yeah, he gets the bedrock bug though. That's right. So, as is the case, as you would expect, stage manager, costume designer, Wilma is going to fill in for all of these characters because mm -hmm. as we go on, there are more and more of them dropping with the bedrock bug. For whatever reason, they're staying at the theater to throw up. Yeah, constantly in stereo and, sound. I just, yeah. that's a lot. I no, was not awful. a fan of that. I was like, yeah, couldn't they have done something else? Uh, did you know? Did you notice that at the end of the special, speaking of that flu, that what's her name walks by, um, Philo Quartz, Philo Quartz, walking by in the background, perfectly fine, despite the fact she caught the bedrock bug earlier. And but it's, it's a short-lived, it's a short-lived thing, though. 
Yeah. I just Fred, we're still going to be fine for mother-in-law's Christmas dinner. All, 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 all that sound effects of, of throwing up kind of reminded me of the Goonies with Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, s- speaking, though, of the love scene, just to go back to that real quick, Fred and Wilma were the first couple on TV to share a bed. Animated, That's yes. Right. But they were to regularly share a bed the first couple on TV. So Wilma starts starts filling in for all these characters and the chemistry is off between her and Fred because she is livid. She's taking her offstage anger with him with all the junk he's doing offstage and bringing it on stage to him. Yeah. Kind of made it actually made it kind of fun because I thought it was funny. Yeah, I liked it too. Heard of the ghosts being, you know, ridiculous. That party, she, she reminded me of party? the she reminded me of the Scrooge ghost, the way she kept abusing him. Yeah, yeah. Carol Kane. Yeah. Carol yeah. Kane. Yep. I like it too. I'm touching my hand here, whap. Pulls him into the <laughs> wall and then makes him transparent to pull through. That's that 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 you could see Carol Kane doing that. Yeah. I I did rather enjoy the Fezzy wig party as I think for every <laughs> A Christmas Carol story. It's always a great. It's always great fun to watch the Fezziwig party. Brian should have kept his hair like that going forward because his hair rocked back in those. <laughs> I you say his hair bed rocked? It bed rocked. But um, my goodness, I'm, so I can write. For, I can write for the Hanna Barbera, y'all. Tom, you are made for these Flintstones and Jetson specials where everything is a pun. I am. <laughs> I'm because I'm a very punny kind of guy. Very punny guy. So, everybody, pick your feet up. It's getting deep around here. <laughs> <laughs> so we go through, and for whatever reason, halfway through all of this, as he's becoming, he's he's internalizing just how angry Wilma is. Uh, he realizes, oh crud, I forgot the present, and so he busts into. He breaks into the Blooming store. Shales. Blooming shales. Now, now, this was a very Fred Flintstone thing to do when he, uh, because Fred has always been cheap. So when he asked if those are real pearls, it's a re- real saber tooth uh, tiger, saber what were they? Teeth? Saber tooth fangs, yeah. Fangs. Of course not. They're endangered. Like right. that was a very Fred thing, like to go for the fake stuff. Yeah. All the presents are gone, and he immediately assumes the kids stole them. And he encounters the ghost of Christmas present or future, who is the actor and police officer. Miles, when you're yeah, yeah. when you're called to a silent call, of course you're going to go in wearing a cloak and dressed in character and creep <laughs> people out. And, and calling the person in there if you recognize him by his his character name instead yep. of his real name. Scrooge. <laughs> Uh, so he goes back and, and Fred explains all of this to the cop and the cops like, oh, it's all, it's all cool. Don't worry about it. Fred goes in. He's late and everybody's up and Wilma's very upset because he's obviously doing something very Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I also <laughs> forgot to mention they did change some of the names in the show. So we have Ned instead of Fred, right? Because of Fred Flintstone. Yes. Right. Yeah. But his, uh, his uh, nephew. Yeah. Yeah. His nephew. Calls it nephew Fred. Yeah. I love, I absolutely, as all, again, as with all of these, um, a Christmas or a Christmas Carol retellings, the ghost of Christmas present is unbelievable. 
<laughs> I need it. He looked exactly. He could have been in any of the Christmas Carol movie adaptations we covered. He, the costumes, yep. the exact same. The voice, the the expressions, everything is perfect. Finally, we go to the Ghost of Christmas Future. Dino, who has evolved. Dino has has suddenly become very sentient. And well, you bipedal. don't know it's Dino for we don't. Quite a, it doesn't quite speak a while, so. But yeah. Fred sees it all, and at the very end, he's when Fred and Scrooge have both changed. Wilma is now filling in for one of the the the, the alms collectors. Alms for the poor. Fred is relating to her as Belle, his former love. Although that's not who she's playing. They and have a one of very my favorite weird parts moment. by John Riz is right in that area too. None of this is in my script. He just <laughs> throws, the, throws the script down, it shatters, and he storms off. But we have a weird, uncomfortable ending where suddenly everything is okay. Wilma forgives him. All is well. He is a changed man until next episode. They well, do he their... almost, almost goes back because the flowers are thrown up to the Charles yep. there. It says, We got to you know this is for somebody who is more important. The most important person in this. And, yeah. And, and Fred turns around like to get it, and then he goes to Wilma. Yeah. so you can tell that fred sad. isn't completely changed but mostly changed yeah but but he accepts it and oh yeah they don't think like wilma doesn't wilma thinks what's bothering fred is that he didn't get the flowers so she's like oh just keep the bouquet and he's like no that's not it and we see what's really bothering fred they make up everything's good Fred says that they could have Christmas with her mother. Then he gets the bedrock bug. And she's like, don't worry. It's only 24 hours. You'll be fine to still have Christmas with mother. And, and shoom, there goes Yay. Fred off. And then there goes Fred <laughs> to, to chunk it up, right? Oh. I think yeah. I would have enjoyed this special more if they handled the... If the play came across as more, than, as more of a play... Like they handled it so straight and like animated it like it was actually like again the ghosts could go through walls and were transparent. Like I felt like they should have either went all the way in and done a Mickey's Christmas Carol version where they just did a Christmas Carol with these characters, or I don't know. That's what Mr. Magoo did too, though. I mean, they yeah knew they were in a play, but yet. They're transparent, so I'm sure that's yeah. why you don't like Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol either, right, Anthony? I didn't hate Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. I didn't say hate. I said didn't like. <laughs> There's a difference. We, we didn't discuss this. Is this going as TV special or movie? Because it is move. It is the link, the perfect length of two TV episodes or a very short movie. They called it a made-for-TV movie, and we've put other made-for-TV okay. movies That's where Mickey on the movie went. list. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. All right. Any favorite quotes we want to jump into? Yeah, I got one. Right in the beginning where um, you, Fred is going around the house saying Christmas, bah humbug, and bah humbug, and then um, Pebble groans, and then um, mm-hmm. Wilma goes, Pebble's don't be so hard on daddy. He's trying, very trying. <laughs> I could see, I could see uh, uh, Tom doing that to Anthony. Yes, I could too. <laughs> or I could see Julia doing that to either one, either Tom or Anthony too. I mean, it's, it's, it's serious. <laughs> and I like when he's practicing. Wilma's like, "There's such." The next line is, "There's such a thing as being too well rehearsed." 
I loved when Bam Bam is like, God bless us, everyone. And Wilma's like, that's right, Bam Bam. Everyone but Fred. I have a question. Why didn't you like the end when Pebble said it instead of Bam Bam? I, I thought that was cute. Uh, I just wanted it to be from Tiny Tim. He was the one who was supposed to die. Okay, I mean, speaking of did, that. He did, he did say it once earlier, though. He did. Yep. He did. He did. Yeah, he did say it earlier. So, I mean, I, it was kind of cute that all of a sudden, Bam, because it's like, it's not actually during the play because they're all on stage taking their bows. So it's yeah, like so. That's Bam fair. Bam That's actually fair. gets stage fright and then Pebbles helps him out. That's fair. Do you remember, speaking of Bam Bam, Tiny Tim's the one who should die. Julia, do you remember the Jetsons Christmas Carol? No. Did they do one? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Astro yep. gets really sick. Like he's on his deathbed, he and Mr. He swallows a, a cog. He, a cog from the cog company, and Mr. Oh, Spacely no. is screwed. Like it's not a play, and like the ghosts visit. No, Mr. It's, Sp- it, it, yeah, they, they take the whole thing. It's not a play. It's yeah. It, it's like yeah, and he gets visited by the, the three it's ghosts. Still the same characters. It's still George. It's still Spacely. Yeah. It's still all them. But they they and uh, they, they do the the Christmas Carol adaptation. And at the end, Mr. Spacely, you know, gives George a raise and gets Astro better and everything like that. It, huh, yeah. I gotta watch that. Yep. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I was gonna ask you if you had seen that one, Julie, too. Yeah, it's not familiar, but I wonder if it's one of those, like, if I started watching, I'd be like, I remember this. It's just yeah. been a minute. Which, I'm gonna backtrack just for a second. It's not a favorite quote, but we talk about, like, favorite scenes as well, right? So there's something so nostalgic about the color and the way that these are animated. We've talked about that before, right? Like these old 80s, 90s and before animated cartoons and how just watching them, even content aside, makes me so comfortable, you know, and it feels so nostalgic and it feels like it should be a lot older than 94, honestly, but I'm glad that you know, even if they had the opportunity to quote, update it, that they didn't, if that was even a thing. Um, you know, every year I lose track of the fact that 1994 is a really long time ago. <laughs> Shouldn't feel that way, but it does. Um, I'm with but- you, Julia, though. They like, they evoked what the show was back in the 60s and 70s rather than giving it a 90s style. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Kind of like what they, when they updated that. the Peanuts look. For like the new Peanuts movie, they, they didn't have the old cell look to the animation. Right. It was more like the computer animation now. So yeah, I like that they stuck with that too. Me too. Me too. Me three. So, all right, let's rank it, and we will let our guest. Is there first. a Linus moment? The whole yes. thing is a Linus moment. Again, uh, we we said this time Christmas and time again. You. We could just easily call it a Scrooge moment, right? Yep. Yep. I guess. And, and it's you twice guess. because because <laughs> you got Scrooge having his moment in the play, and then you got Fred having the same moment off stage. Well, after the play is done, so I mean, it, you might actually yep. have two of them in this one. <laughs> I guess. That's a valid point. That's yep. a totally valid point. That is a valid point. I'll give it to you. I had no you, room Anthony. to. I had no room to not give it to you. I, I had to give it to you. <laughs> All right, Mister Sotka, if you were ranking this on a scale of one to ten, where would this land on your list? 
So we're you're doing this on your movies. Is that what you agreed on? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, for movies, I'm going to put this. I really enjoyed it. I like I said, it brings back all the nostalgia. Um, I think if you were doing this more as a TV, I'd probably rank it higher than a movies because there's so many other movies that are so much better. But I'm going to give it a seven point five. I was coming in at 7.75, so we're, we're not too far off. Julia, what do you give it? Uh, yeah, 7.4. And we're all in sync here. You guys loved it. I didn't love it as much. I'm giving it a 7, which gives us an average of 7.383. You did typical Anthony. I didn't really like this. And I'm, You're the I'm highest good. not like ranker. And I love it. Okay, yeah, you know what? I didn't like it hate it uh but that puts it in tier two seeing isn't believing believing is seeing and that puts it at number 7.383 number 28 on our list in between while you were sleeping and die hard slash the santa claus 2 can i level with you yes i don't understand our tier system (laughs) <laughs> can i level with you you don't care shut up in your face <laughs> <laughs> i just don't get it i don't get it i don't get it I it's just know. a way know. if people don't, don't want to pay, do the numbers they can just because the list is so long it's in a tier it's ranked take it up with the <laughs> listeners who suggested it i would but i'm shutting up in my face <laughs> It's shut up of your face. Shut up of my face. (laughs) Shut up of your face. Shut up of my face. Can't say yeah because he's going to tell you he's doing what you told him. He's being quiet. You told me to shut up of my face. Being compliant. Yeah, that's not like me at all. No. No, that was fun. I was going to say, take this while you can, Anthony. (laughs) So, Sean, I don't, I don't like when I, when Tom and I, and when Tom is behaving that was a whole thing in, t- in the discord today too everyone was saying they loved the bit where tom was nice and that is like my least favorite episode because it gave me the heebie-jeebie oh i'm gonna do I- it again i'm gonna surprise you all again and just show up one day um sean where can our listeners catch all catch up with the entire christmas podcast podcast backlog uh you can go to christmaspodcasts.com and Right up front there, we got the latest links on there. You can click on uh, our podcasts, um, and it shows all the podcasts that we host there. My podcast, Christmas Podcast Podcast, is also hosted on christmaspodcast.com. Um, so there's a link that says our podcast. We can click to that, and it's a, there's another link that will take you to the directory of everybody's podcast, and you just find their icon. You click on that, and it'll take you to the website, so you look for the is the podcast icon you click on that there's a link that says visit your website it takes you to your website and you can find all your content on your website your anthony's awesome book reading that he's got going on now which <laughs> i am honored to be part of coming up in august it looks like. oh you're reading for him yep uh coming up in august i'll have a chapter in there which i am uh, eagerly awaiting to do and um, i'm honored find- that you agreed to do it sean thank you no problem <laughs> And I'm honored that you're both honored. <laughs> and 
Um, you can find all the back. You can go to your website and you find all your app, uh, episodes that are on there. Whatever's on your website that you have on there for the, for the listeners to listen to. Um, you can go to the, all the other app podcasts there. Uh, we I'm not haven't been as active on social media lately. Just trying to regroup my mental capabilities to do that. But we are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as Christmas Pods, all one word. Um, uh, email is Sean at christmaspodcast.com and Sean is spelled S-E-A-N. That's the way I learned how to spell it. Me too. Well, Sean, then Sean of the anyway. Dead came along and I was like, what is this A-U-N business? I, I didn't know the E-A-N. You didn't? No, the two Sean's I had in elementary school were S-H-A-U-N. Oh, was S-H-A-U-N. all my Sean's have been S-E-A-N's. Me too. Maybe one of them was S-H-A-W-N if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong on that. <laughs> um, I know it's just people have weird ways of spelling their names. Sean without There's an diff- H, Tom with an H. It just gets weird. <laughs> Rachel with an A or without an A. Like the second A. Yeah. R-A-C-H-A-L. Yeah. R-A-C-H-A-E-L. Is, is technically the non-Jewish way of spelling it. And then um, when we Americanized it, like we always do, we took out an extra letter, but that's a traditionally Jewish way of spelling it, Rachel. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. I think, it, I think it probably came down to uh, Puritans taking the name from the Bible and using a biblical spelling. Just if I were to, if I were to, if I were to take a, if I were a gambling man, an etymological gambling man, that would be my guess, my gamble. But uh, that was a weird tangent to go down that we didn't need to. I do want to <laughs> go on another tangent really quickly. Not so much a tangent. I want to apologize <laughs> Tom's going to say for what I want to apologize to everyone on their social media pages for getting people into such a hot debate with their unpopular Christmas opinions. I want to, uh, I do want to apologize spend, for that. I want to run That's through what a social media is for. I want if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to give it a larger, you don't start with, I want to apologize for what I have done and started but let me give it a bigger platform here. I want to give it a bigger platform because as a community, we need family therapy. So you're not not sorry for starting this. I'm I'm sorry I replied to your Reddit message. (laughs) Which Reddit message did you reply to? Where you said, hey, I'll do the podcast. (laughs) Oh gosh. The original one. The original. Shut up of your face. Ah, shut up of your face. Julia, if you would have known when you said yes to doing this, what you know now, would you have said yes then? <laughs> Probably yes. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, so let's go through some of these unpopular opinions. And because I'm curious, especially with Sean on, to see if he agrees or disagrees. Because I know where we stand on a lot mm-hmm. of these. Mike Westfall says, Ernest Saves Christmas is good. Absolutely. Fair. Agree. Stephen Beach, his first one. I couldn't give a crap, he didn't write crap, about Muppet Christmas Carol. It's mildly entertaining, but nowhere near as much as it's made out to be. I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Yep. That's an uh, that's a, uh, from me. 
Michael freaking Kane is a cinematic masterpiece in and of himself. The performance he gives of Scrooge is still my favorite. Well, one of my unpopular opinions was he is nowhere near the best Scrooge. <laughs> that is an unpopular opinion for a reason. I know. He's, he's the unpopular. best Scrooge for, for a children's adaptation of A Christmas Carol. I because, would challenge I mean, and say Scrooge McDuck is. Scrooge McDuck is right up there too, but he is one. I mean, if you think about it, he, I mean, he's also in a different, he's not drawn. He's actually acting versus Muppets who are geared towards children mm-hmm. versus Scrooge McDuck is animated. So, so Michael Caine has to work harder. Yep. Work so so my, my, my favorite Scrooges though, and this might be unpopular is George C. Scott. Cause he's one of the first ones that I saw that it was in a serious adaptation of A Christmas Carol. So he's he was one great. Of my favorite Scrooges. He was good. Uh, Nostalgia there, then. Yep. Another of uh, Stephen Beaches. <laughs> this one goes out to you, Todd. The determination of people who love Christmas to claim any film that even has the slightest link to Christmas as a Christmas film just makes them look stupid. Just because there's snow in something or a Christmas scene doesn't make it a Christmas film. Talking about Die Hard. <laughs> well, with Todd specifically, it's it's a lethal yeah. weapon. Lethal weapon. Yep. Well, with Todd and in general, adamant. he is like if they even like talk about Christmas for a scene, it's a Christmas mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, Ooh, I can't get behind that. I think no, that I can't green, either. I think that green thing right there might have been a Christmas tree. That must be a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love Todd's optimism, though. Let's let's cut the guy some. He's Santa's there. brother. That's his optimism. He is Santa's yeah. brother. It's just that love for Christmas coming through. Always look on the bright, the bright side, side of life. Do 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 do. Another one for Stephen Beach. People who criticize this one probably applies to me and you, Tom, because we're the we do it quite often. People who criticize Christmas films for lack of realism are dumb by nature they're fantasy so of course they're not going to be realistic what part of the interaction with the elf or santa or talking reindeer did you find unreasonable to your sense of reality i don't know what he's trying to say here well it depends upon what kind of mindset you go in with the movie if you want to go in just to be get the christmas feels and stuff you gotta throw out your sense of being real but if you're actually critiquing a movie yeah you do that. You got to say, okay, is this realistic? Is this not realistic? That's part of critiquing a movie. It depends upon what kind of a mindset you go into watching the movie. If you're looking at it with a critical is, eye, yeah, exactly. Is the Santa Claus realistic? Uh, there, you know, it's got a feel for it. It's, it's, there's not, there's, it's not too much CGI. We get into prep and landing and we just get stupid. Oh, I like prep and landing. Thank you. That's an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think, Mike po- West- I think I have the unpopular opinion on that one. Mike Westfall wrote this one for you, Tom. Not a movie opinion, but fake trees are great. He's writing this in all caps. And I enjoy being able to breathe. I agree with that. You know, I'm sorry that he has been cursed by the gods of Christmas with the inability to love things <laughs> that are good and holy, but that is not my fault. And I refuse to settle for substandard uh, Chinese manufactured fake Christmas. Uh, why not just have a glass of that? Of Why not just have a glass that's painted to look like you have eggnog? I mean, you know, it's the same thing. 
I would do that so it looks like I'm drinking eggnog. I don't like eggnog. I have one of each in my house every year. I have a fake one and a real one. That's to both uh, worlds. That, that's, what I, that's how I go with Christmas. Are you, are you talking Christmas trees or cups of eggnog, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> Christmas trees. <laughs> no, I do too. A matter, a matter of fact, right now, if you if you come up here, Tom, you go you go to Woodman's here. They if you like eggnog, they have eggnog in the store right now. Very nice. They have everything dairy all year long in Wisconsin. I oh, think yeah. you people are like seventy five percent nice. I got two ceramics. Awesome. I got I two new. Got mine up. That's my Santa tree. Wonderful. I got two new vintage nineteen forties or fifties. I think is what we've dated them ceramic Christmas trees today. Ooh. That's awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, but no, I, I, I'm, I will take a let's do it all and not, you know, I'm coming more to a to an understanding that uh, all Christmas trees are good Christmas trees. Yep. There you go. All Christmas trees are beautiful. Real ones are just a little more gooder. I'm going to throw in some oh. good grammar there, like Sean earlier. <laughs> Todd Killian of Christmas. Thank you for not Christmas... leaving me hanging, Tom. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm here for you, man. Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter Podcast wrote predictably saying every movie with a hint of christmas in it is a christmas movie <laughs> yeah holly cuomo of netflixmas is that her podcast julia that's Netflixmas, right. yes yeah holly cuomo of netflixmas wrote a christmas story perpetuates racist stereotypes and shouldn't be played on tv <laughs> yeah, Here's the movie. adam parker saban saban of Mary Britmas wrote Adam Parker, too, Mary Britmas, yep. And I think Tom could probably get behind this one. Too many Santas in North Pole depictions are American centric and it's absurd. He's a European figure. I hate the fact that elves play American football in Santa Claus too so much. Uh he's a he's a, a near near to Middle Eastern figure, let's be honest. I think what they're I think what he's going for though is that Scandinavian Santa, right? Santa somewhere like the North Pole is north of Sweden, Norway somewhere, but Matt Yurich of TGI podcast wrote, I'll throw my own into the mix. A Christmas story two isn't bad. <laughs> never watched it, never never been brave enough to watch that one. I like the first Same. one. That's that's one of my canon I have to watch every year, but I well, what's his name is the old man in the second one, uh, Marv. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm brain farting on his name, but yeah. Marvis Daniel Stern. Daniel, Daniel Stern. Stern, thank you. Um, <laughs> Kendall wrote, Home Alone 2 is better than the first. I, I can like get behind that one depending on the day. It depends upon, yeah. the, actually it depends upon the scenes. Because some <laughs> scenes I like from Home Alone 1, but I, I, I like more of like, especially marv in the second one like when he's gonna throw the brick down on his face and he's like hits him the first time how many fingers am i holding up marv oh mm, eight <laughs> just just those responses from those guys are better in the second one but i like some of the a lot of the other stuff in the first one so it's kind of a tie for me for the two matt spaulding wrote deep breath i don't like elf I get that it's too Will Ferrelly and Ed Asner is too grumpy a Santa. Ooh, hard to disagree, Matt. Someone I work pretty closely with does not like Elf because of her deep-seated hatred of Will Ferrell. 
I can That's see fair. that because I know a lot of people cannot take Will Ferrell, uh, and I can see where he comes from about a grumpy Santa from Ed Asner. But I mean, I'm with you guys. I love Elf. I love uh, Ed Asner with Santa. D- Dave Hogg wrote, "It's a Wonderful Life" is unwatchable. David. I like your unpopular opinion so much. Send us your mailing address and we'll send you some stickers. <laughs> Adam of Merry Britmas again wrote, as a massive fan of Dickens' Christmas Carol, I think Scrooge and the 1970 musical British version are the best depictions in terms of characterization, entertainment, and festive feel-good endings, even though they aren't really authentic. Martin Ashats of... Lit for Christmas wrote, Joyous Noel is one of my favorite Christmas movies. Beautiful and heartbreaking. I don't think I've ever really seen Joyous Noel. It's an unbelievable film of the Oh, stop it. It's wonderful. (laughs) It's really good. I mean, if, if... If you don't feel the tears coming down your face when you're watching it, then, you know, you have the same soul and moral compass as Anthony. Says the guy who's cried at one book ever. I mean, come on. Thank you, Julia. I don't, and you two are on the same side of this argument. Too. I know, but like, come on, don't use that as your argument against Anthony. Um, ooh, Mc, McLean Slaughter, who I think is one of our most awesome listeners, had two opinions that hurt me deeply. Elf is boring. It's not bad. It's just meh. And then he said... Santa Claus, the Santa Claus only manages to cling to relevance because of nostalgia. In another generation or two, it'll be entirely forgotten. Ellie loved it. I'm just gonna say, I love Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one of the best. They did. They tend to go down in quality as you get into second and third. But I, I like them all. Obviously, the Santa Claus being the best, in my opinion. Of the I still think with you. I still think the Santa Claus 2 still has a scene that rivals anything in the first. And that's when he's giving out the toys at the teacher staff party. That, that, that is a neat it. scene. I, I, that is one of my favorite scenes in that, in that, in Santa uh, Claus 2. Stephen Beach comes in hard at, I think me, but it could really apply to any of us. Uh, even though I'm the harshest. People complaining about Hallmark movies have missed the point of them entirely. They're supposed to be formulaic. They're meant to be cookie cutter. You're meant to put them on in the round to Christmas and it's basically a Christmas screensaver for your TV. Why would you want anything but to see people succeed in the run up to Christmas? Nobody put psychopaths, nobody but psychopaths are watching Lars von Trier or Rob Zombie films in December. You may as well complain that the Olympics is just people running, jumping and swimming. And I'll say they are a perfect screensaver, but when you're looking at Hallmark films critically, formulaic won't cut it. That's Again, just I'm go back to I'm going to lean on Sean's defense of us. That's we have to. I, you know, for all that for all that Stephen Beach says about us, I'm really surprised he still listens. <laughs> uh, here he comes in hot with another one. There's some masochism <laughs> happening in this man's life. <laughs> this is for us and for Jerry. The endless diehard debate is beyond tedious and I couldn't care less if I'd watch it again. It's gone from a fun discussion to a meme dragged out for weeks every year until the tears of frustration pour out of me every time I see it. Stop, just stop. And I'll say to that, I agree with you, Stephen. There is no debate. It's a Christmas movie. So Jerry, stop trying to debate us on this fact. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, I'll, I'll back Jerry up on that one. 
<laughs> Not a Christmas movie, Steven is, huh? Steven is crying I, I, angry tears now. I, for me, Christmas <laughs> movies that you have to have the feels and stuff, and not and it's not necessarily the 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 big action like Die Hard has. Die Hard is a good movie, yes. I, that it's I weird. Do give it. it is a good movie. It, in it's fairness, so, 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 now I have a gun. In, in <laughs> fairness, so, I'll, oh, oh. I'll give it to you guys that Die Hard 2 is more Christmassy, as we'll see when we cover it in a few weeks. But anyway, Susan right. Miller. No! <laughs> Susan Miller writes <laughs> Tom and your buys. I love it. Finally, had time to finish the new Brandon Sanderson Stormlight Archive book, Rhythm of War, and I have never had a moment when I've been reading where I was brought so close to tears as I was you've ever cried while reading a book before? Not really. Really? Oh, like most books make me cry. Yeah, me too. Like... Most books, like I cry in every single Harry Potter book. I definitely cry the last two Harry Potter books. I, I mean, I don't, I felt like it, there was, there was just this moment of emotion that was now set that if you read the books, you would understand. I've read yeah. books that make me cry. I already understand that. I mean, like, how much, how much deeper this method, like, there's just this broken human condition that, like, I, I, I don't want to say anything in case anybody's playing on reading it, but it is. Leonard Sanderson Stormlight Archive is the single greatest, like, it's the madness of a fantasy world. History of Batman, or is it like a whole bunch of comic books? The 66 show be a comic books, and uh, it's the whole one in a big book and they introduce a bunch of villains that were never on the show and gave them the campy spin like Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy and all Batman villains so I can't read It's exciting. Yeah. Ooh, that's a fancy keyboard, Tom. It's cray cray. I'm getting a little old mechanical 
Then Scrooge might change his ways. Oh. The Flintstones perform Dickens' classic tale. Cartoon Network's Cartoon Theater presents A Flintstones Christmas Carol, premiering Sunday at 10 on Cartoon Network. <laughs> 